With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life.
Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was the incomparable Marvin Gaye. What's going on as we open up 2021 with America with a new president and vice president, with the pandemic still looming, death rates still increasing, racism still, systemic racism continues to occur here, at least in America. But a lot of things are also changing. Because of us being so tested, we're also turning inwards to find some deeper answers to some difficult questions. Is it really possible, though, for us to talk about racism without being racist or without causing other people pain? Should the what are you question even be on the census form? Can we build enough trust to talk about race without judgment? Just as he does with his new YouTube series, Difficult Questions, with Glenn Dusweiler, Glenn tackles subject matter which is often considered sensitive and also quite controversial. Glenn is a filmmaker, producer, and entrepreneur. His documentary, Why Homeless, can be seen on Amazon Prime. Glenn is also the author of Things I've Learned from the Homeless and the Degree in Homelessness, Entrepreneurial Skills for Students. Today we welcome Glenn Dusweiler to America Meditating Radio. Glenn, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Glenn, in your filmmaking books and podcasts, you take on unpopular, perhaps controversial subjects, such as race, homelessness, diversity, health care. What inspired you? Yes. What, what, what actually got you channeling your energy to focus on these types of topics? Because I see people talk about points they want to talk about and talk around points that are difficult. Uh, a lot of people want to see the world in a black and white, good versus bad uh, kind of viewpoint. And I I see the world in gray and I see the world that is complex and I would like to embrace that complexity and work through that complexity because approaching the world in a good versus bad, righteous versus evil way, you, I, I see people not getting things done and I have always been someone to proverbially take the bull by the horns and say, what, this is the problem. And really it started with my work on homelessness in the U.S. and kind of figuring out why this was happening and what we could actually do and why what we were doing wasn't working. And I just decided that I was going to take that approach to other subject matter that I thought needed to be addressed in ways that other people can't or won't or are reluctant to talk about. I think there's a reason. I think that because we've not been very um, introspective and we perhaps haven't really served authentic part of ourselves, it's hard to take on those difficult questions because we, yeah, we don't know how we would position ourselves. We don't know how we would stand because we don't know ourselves fully. So I feel like yeah. there's really an important call for that practice first in order for us to be in a room where the elephant is, and we can address the elephant in the room and still come out with some sense of normalcy or realization. Right now, the temperament of the politics in America is just out of the roof. 
I've produced a television series called Soul Talk on the Hill, where I go into the halls of the Capitol and interview the members of Congress about their inner workings. And when you watch and you listen to it, you begin to realize what happened to their humanity. Something clicked, because when you get them at a heart level, you get the most beautiful people. And when you get them on a political level, it's like another side. So that black and white comes out very, very clear. Let's talk about the divisive topic of race and racism. You've said that you see see race as something developed by people as a weapon, and we're desperately yeah. trying to turn it into a point of pride. Share your thoughts on this, please. Sure. So race, as we understand it, as we talk about it, from my research, came out really out of colonization, out of a justification for being able to go in and take someone's land and justify why it was okay to take that person's land. And it, our, our use of it was, was, was a weapon, was, okay, we are going to say you are a lesser human being because your skin is darker or your nose is wider and we are going to take your land. And that has just kind of infused into our culture throughout multiple colonies. Europeans colonized much of the planet. <laughs> and then as a backlash to that, people have come out and tried to use it as a point of pride. So they say, I'm black and I'm proud. I'm black and I'm, I, it's amazing because of this. And I say it's kind of like nuclear energy. It's, it was developed as a destructive device, and we are desperately trying to make it into something positive. But it has so much waste on the side because the original idea that we are different is is problematic. And as you said, when you connect someone on a human level, that is when things grow. That is when things happen. And we are all humans, the human race. And that is where I think we need to connect. Not, I am a black human. I am a white human. I am an Asian human. I am a human from this culture. And we also use race to equate to culture. And I don't necessarily know that that is useful. Yeah, yeah. I know we, we do get trapped sometimes. I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just so ingrained from the moment you're born, you're giving a name, a gender, a religion, you know, a nationality, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's what I am. And so you will only speak from the wiring of that thought form that not only have you seen it in the mirror for decades, but the world also confirms, well, if you're in a Caucasian skin, this is the way you behave. If you're in an African-American skin, this is how you behave. If you're in an Indian body, this is how you behave. So I think that what we're all reaching towards is more of a, a soul awareness identity, which basically brings the honor and the dignity and the respect to whatever race, gender, religion you hold. And I believe that with all my heart, that if we can somehow encourage civilization to turn more inwards and recognize that they really are souls 
and the nature of the soul is purity and peace, then when they come out through the color of their skin or through the religion of their birth or choice, they will bring the dignity of that particular culture, race, gender with them. So as we grapple with trying to neutralize all of this drama that's happening in the U.S. and around the world, any suggestions that you have that can help us to deal with racism on a personal level? I just gave soul awareness. If we can practice becoming more soul conscious, then we're not going to be racist. We're not going to be judgmental. We will bring right. dignity and in our race. What are your thoughts? So I think everything happens at the personal level. And a lot of our habits, especially with politically in the past four years, have been to separate ourselves from this personal interaction. And because of COVID and because of being online, we've actually been removed from people. And so it's easier to yell at somebody that is not in front of your face. And I think if we remind ourselves to always lead with respect and to use your word dignity, to lead with dignity and respect, am I talking to this person as I would like to be talked to? Or do I view this person as lesser than I am and and not worthy of my speech, which I think everybody is worthy of leading with respect. And I think that's the key, but man, a lot of people don't want to hear it. They want to separate themselves. They want to stratify themselves. And I think it's a, it's that, that team um, social structure in human beings that we're going back to. And uh, we're, what is it? It's called um, tribalism, right? We, we, we gravitate towards creating tribes, which is also for our safety. As, as, we were, as human beings, we were, we were coming up in the world, but I think that tribalism does not help us lead with respect and humanity. Yeah, and funnily enough, that's the sense in how we feel so secure and so connected and so um, seen. Unfortunately, the tribalism so long. Um, however, I think we're all in the same tribe, you know, because of globalization. Everyone's in the same tribe. It's called survival of mankind. And if we can identify that, uh, we'd be so much of a better species. You've you've witnessed on January 6th of 2020, the country they claim, and I don't want to put the language like this, they claim it's divided. I would say that they've been brainwashed. Um, I say that they've been under the spell of a cult, you know, cultism. I would say that um, they're not saying that they've lost their jobs because blacks or Indians or, you know, immigrants are taking away their jobs. Um, I would look at it that these are God's children who basically just need support and guidance and that it's not about Um, an election being robbed or stolen from them, they lost the election. Now let's move on and see how we can work together to build a country. But there's a big chunk of folks in the U.S. that doesn't feel that way, but they also didn't feel it in in Africa where they've had latest elections. They've also not been feeling it in Belarus and all these other areas where there are elections that have taken place. 
there's always a side that feels cheated. They feel cheated. What can we do to offer national or a global conversation that can help to unite people and the world? Man, that is so hard. My next difficult question is on patriotism. And my dad said, well, patriotism is easy. It's supporting the winning team. I thought, yeah, okay. So, you know, this people always want human things. I remember reading a book called The Harrowing of Mozambique, and I was trying to figure out why a country would stay in civil war, and they were constantly flipping from one side to another. This guy was my ally today, but tomorrow he's not, and he's my enemy, and why someone would do that. And the author of the book said everybody is looking for safety, stability, and prosperity for their family. And they will follow a person that promises safety, stability, and prosperity for themselves and their family. And they desperately want that. And I think that that happens in the United States. The, the, the people that, that, that storm the Capitol building are fearful of safety and stability and prosperity and losing, they're fearful of losing it. Whereas, Black Lives Matter is fearful of the same thing. And I don't know that in the human race, everyone can be equal and we can get rid of that tension. But at the same time, this isn't Mozambique. And fortunately, no one is getting chased with a machete yet. So I wonder if that may be a way to calm things down for everybody to realize in this United States that we have built, we have these structures and this, um, this system so it does not devolve into men being chased by other men with machetes and then the next day you get chased by someone else and then the next day maybe you're chasing somebody else with a machete. Thank God those machetes are out of our hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, All right. it, it really can devolve. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, in one way, we've evolved scientifically. Definitely our weapons are more refined. Now you can press a button and a, a nuclear warhead could leave one country and go to another in just a matter of minutes. There's no doubt. But have we evolved intellectually, spiritually, conscious-wise? Right. You know, racial identifications have often been used to discriminate against other people. What would you say are the positive sides, though, of recognizing race, and what are some of the markers for recognizing race? This is so difficult because we are visual people, and um, being a role model is a real thing. So I look at it, especially at this last presidential election, Kamala Harris is is, some people consider her black and some people don't and some people question her blackness and some people are angry about her not being black enough or, and, and I just think, well, the reason she needs to be black is for a little black girl to see that another woman like her potentially a woman like her is leading the country and will make her feel better about herself because role models 
are real and we are visual people. I tell a funny story. I grew up in a very diverse area in South Sacramento. And the first time that I felt camaraderie and felt like I was part of something was in a high school drum line. And 80% of that drum line was black. They were black guys. And it had nothing to drum line had nothing to do with them being black, but because of that, black people visually and in my heart are my home. So when I go to a networking event, I find the black guy first. I don't even think about it. I was like, he's my role model. I, I connect with him. So we are really visual people. And I think that in that, that, that the, there, there, we have to find the positivity because it's not going away. So I think there is this great, the, it's great to have this push of I am this color, therefore this, because you can't get away from I am this color or I have this shaped face or people just gravitate towards that. And I guess when, when, we, when we understand why we do that, we have a better chance of looking at it positively and using it and leading with respect and dignity. But um, yeah, it's a rough one. That's why it's a difficult question. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Great point. Great point. So can we discuss race without the societal implications? I mean, what relevance does it have? A little bit like what you said. Yeah. Um, Another story is I, I was a, I taught lighting design and you, lighting design is all about the color of the light and hitting the shape of the body and the face. And so I used to get students up and say this is to learn how to talk about physical features devoid of uh, social implication because always physical features is attached to social implication. And I don't know that that that's good. At the same time, role models are important. Uh, that's another trap, right? Because then you get into racial profiling. Well, that guy's black and he's in Beverly Hills. Black guys shouldn't be in Beverly Hills because black guys are usually poor and black guy poor means you might be committing a crime and you won't be buying something in Beverly Hills. You're going to be stealing something in Beverly Hills. So we're going to go arrest that black guy for being black, right? <laughs> That's that's how we get this racial profiling. So I don't know how we can rest the two, you know, pull them apart. But at some point, we need to be cognizant cognizant of what we are doing, and we need to to say, look, this guy is Asian, and that's all we know. <laughs> that's it. It doesn't mean anything. But we also know they're very smart. <laughs> That's just a stereotype that we've <laughs> right? attached to. I mean, it's stereotypes. It's absolute. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. It's so true. So do you think race is, is a good shorthand for culture? Is it is it profiling? Man, it's yeah. so it's so rough, right? Um, right. You get into this, this idea of, well, can there be a good white rapper? You know? <laughs> or... Or is, is blues is, is blues specifically a, 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 a black man's thing or black woman's thing or racial appropriation, right? Or cultural appropriation? Is it okay for you to wear a kimono if you are not Japanese? Oh. <laughs> uh, lead with respect. 
you know, I I say we 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 have to just lead with respect. That's the on, that's the only thing I can figure out is the base idea. I don't care what else is spinning in your head, whether that person's good, whether that shouldn't person shouldn't be doing whatever you think. You have to lead with respect, and that gets you into that humanity, and it lets you grow instead of destroy. It's funny, as simple as what you've just said is the cure. If I struggle with my own self-respect and self-worth, it's almost impossible for me to give that to somebody else. And that's why, again, the work is inside of yourself. Until we come to the awareness that we really are souls, and the soul is carrying a recording of every decision it makes, then if the soul accepts, I will begin to value the true aspects of humanity, the true aspects of living or of life, then, you know, we could definitely turn this whole thing around. Um, When do you say that... um, Two questions. Sure. Where does does trust come into play with race? Sure. So I think that people get offended when someone mentions your race. Hey, uh, man, your hair is amazing. If someone has braids or someone has, has um, locks or something, um, if you trust that person, then that's a compliment. If you don't trust who that person is, if that person is a stranger, you're wondering if that person is judging you and uh, seeing you as different. And we don't want to be seen as different unless we, we we're trying to separate ourselves as special, right? <laughs> but usually we don't want to be different. And I think my friend tells a story about this guy that she worked with. Um, he was, he mentioned how dark skin, her, her, how, how dark her skin was. He made a, an offhand joke about her, her needing to be closer to the light. And she said, she got up in his face and she said, with respect, I do not know you that way. And you cannot talk about my skin color. We have not built that trust. I don't know you that well. And I think that's a perfect example. She doesn't know what his motivation is. She doesn't know if she's actually, he's actually making fun of her, if he thinks she's beautiful, if he thinks what, what he thinks. And that builds distrust, that builds fear, that builds tension. Whereas among friends, I had a, I have a good friend of mine that I'm developing a, a film about his life and a black guy from the South side of Chicago. And we were talking about the N word and he's like, well, you can use the N word. I said, you trying to get me killed, man. No, I cannot. But he felt so comfortable with me. He was like, yeah, of course you can. No, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like we, th- that's where the trust is. Cause he trusts me. Right, we built that trust. Um, if everyone could build that trust together, that's a long road. And especially among strangers, we can't meet everybody, and we can't trust that everybody has good intentions. But um, we got to try. <laughs> we'll yeah, hope. yeah, we have to definitely try. I think it has a lot to do with interactions. You know, when you can interact with others. Um, then you are offered an opportunity to either build trust or not, or not. And I'm remembering um, 
a jazz musician called Daryl Daryl Davis. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He would play his piano while it's on fire, but he was the one that used to go to all these KKK meetings, and he was the only black guy, yeah, that they would allow into their KKK meetings. And it's not that I think whites or blacks are not able to trust each other. I just think they've not had the portal to sit and have a meal together and break bread. And I think that if they can't break bread... You wouldn't see what you're seeing around the world right now. Well, and, and Daryl Davis was so is so confident in himself, and mm. I, I I remember listening to him talk, and he just was, I guess the word would be reticent. You will not insult me. I don't care how many times you try to insult me. I am here. I am your equal, and I want to understand you. And people were just slinging negative things at him, and he just would not take it. And he only yeah. gave back love. And talk about a personal personal responsibility, personal wherewithal to be able to do that and work through it and ultimately win them over and win their respect and win their love over. That's huge. But I I brought another friend I brought that up to another friend and he said, I don't know who I don't know who's able to do that because we are talking about working on yourself. And I think I think Daryl Davis had really worked on himself to be able to go into that. Absolutely. You definitely don't walk into a KKK meeting and start to play music <laughs> when you're in, when you're the opposite you know, side of the tracks. Right. Look, I really love the work you're doing. I love what you're bringing to the narrative um, currently. It's really needed. And is there a website? Are there any sure. online programs that you're offering that you can leave our listeners with? I would love you to go to my YouTube channel, uh, Gwen Dunswiller Productions, and on that is my 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 um, podcast or vodcast, which is called Difficult Questions with Gwen Dunswiller. Subscribe, give me feedback because they are questions. I want to hear what you have to say. I think that's the other thing that we don't. We want to shut people down. We don't want to listen to them. And I want to listen to you. I want to hear what you have to say because you aren't wrong. We just may not agree. And that's fine, but we have to work through that disagreement. Nobody is wrong. Everyone is equal. Humans, humans, humans. So, yeah, please, difficult questions with Glenn Dunsweller. It's also on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you so much for the work you're doing, Glenn Dunsweller, and hopefully we'll have you back on again. Thank you so much. It's been fun. All the very best. Bye. Bye. Wonderful insights by Glenn Dunsweiler, and I would love for you to be able to check out his website at glenndunsweiler.com. Wonderful words and thoughts that he shared with us. I love it, the difficult questions, the difficult questions that we really need to focus on. Sometimes they're really not so difficult. It just requires a little bit of honesty and empathy. Um, It's difficult because we get so attached to a particular story in our heads. And sometimes when we have to let go of the stories, it requires a lot of humility. And we're grappling with that. We're grappling with the ego of our thinking, the ego of our identity, the ego of our race, the ego of our nationality, the ego of our language, which means I'm attached to something that won't last forever. I'm attached to something that won't last forever. 
when you know that certain things will last forever, the sun, the moon, the stars, the air, there isn't fear of losing it. You know you'll always have it. But when you fear your beauty being lost, your age being lost, if you fear you're living in a country and they're taking away your identity or your culture or your language, when you start to fear a sense of importance because of your attachment to the color of your skin, then actually the universe is just trying to signal to you to raise your awareness of yourself. The universe is signaling to you there's a lot more love here to be felt and to be shared. And the universe is signaling to you you're not your body, but you are soul. If you've loved today's show, please let us know by doing you know what. (laughs) And I'm going to end with Vanessa Williams. Here's Colors of the Wind. Perfect, perfect ending for perfect conversation. But remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. Take care, everyone. Don't forget to wear your mask.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.